0: Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N 29.com. Hello, world. What separated your deep ball from everybody else? My deep ball, it has a little secret sauce to it, man. <laughs> I never get too high, never get too low, but just keep moving. The, the whole story is Carlos never beat me in any kind of sports in, in, in high school.
1: Welcome to the Orange and the New Black Podcast. I'm your host, Ace Boogie, joined by my co-host, Zim. Zim, say what's up. Hello, world. How y'all doing this beautiful
0: afternoon? We figured that you might want to talk about football in the middle of your day while you're at work. Matter of fact, just leave work. Quit your job. It doesn't matter because really, Bengals and your fandom is actually dependent on you, and Bengals fandom is a full-time job in itself. How you doing
1: today, Ace? I'm doing good, bro. Getting ready for the holidays and everything um really just enjoying this Friday it's the end of the work week uh was kind of trying to get back into the swing of things with the la trip and everything appreciate you holding it down last week uh, with everybody so just trying to get back in the swing of things looking forward to this game and yeah, it seems like we're kind of getting healthier um, as the days go by.
0: Yeah, we had a lot of uh, reports and stuff come in today that were super, super encouraging. My man Davis Martin, what you doing in here, bro? Ain't you supposed to be in school? See what I'm saying? This <laughs> Bengals stuff is a full time job. Um, but uh yeah, a lot of lot of different things going on where we're getting encouraging news. We're hearing good things about Cheeto Awuzie today. He um actually um, suited up for practice. Also, Trey Wayne's has also been practicing. Um Riley Reef has been practicing. Uh, t higgins with the ankles been practicing the one trey per- hopkins trey hopkins as well the one person that is not at practice right now but i still feel somewhat encouraged is that um is joe mixon he's has an illness that is undisclosed but he was not as of now not present at practice
1: well he actually apparently he has shown up because ben baby just tweeted Bengals running back Joe Mixon in a mask is observing offensive right. drill. So it appears that he has showed up, but right. like you said, not practicing. But I we've seen Joe not practice this season, right? And still end up playing. So right. we'll have to see what, what ends you, up going on. there.
0: Usually that Friday one is, is a big one. It's so big one so you. we're on as Bengals fans, you need to be on the lookout for two guys, Debo Samuel and Elijah Mitchell. Those are exactly. really, really key guys that we're paying attention to um, for this week, too. I'm playing a guy in fantasy football. He's got Debo Samuel. And instead of playing Claypool last night, he he's like – he's thinking – he's telling me he thinks Debo's going to play. And a lot of reports are saying that, that he possibly could play. And some outlets are saying that he's not going to play and, and they're going to, like, let him rest out. So that is a very key injury to watch out for.
1: Big key injury because I think me and you have been talking – Uh, offline. And I talked about looking at the numbers just from the snap standpoint. And when you look at the top five targets for the 49ers, Debo Samuel has 38 percent of that target share. So that's a major, major loss for them if they do not have him in the lineup. And that definitely bodes well for the Bengals. And like you said, Elijah Mitchell, obviously their best running back. So those are two key players that could definitely uh, change the outcome of this matchup if they are out.
0: Looking at the landscape of football right now, before we get into the 49ers game, I was looking at something um, earlier today with the Ravens probably having the hardest schedule on the remaining AFC North, right? They got the Packers, the Rams, the Browns, and the Steelers. And am I missing somebody else? Oh, us. <laughs> so, 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 so so, say that I, I've been on record to say the Bengals went three games. We're out of like, we're in. Mm-hmm. There's an argument that the Bengals probably could win two games, and that would be the Browns and – I mean, I'm sorry. The 49ers is really, really important. But hypothetically, say the Ravens lose out or they only win one game, all they will really need to do is beat the Browns and the Ravens. They will own all the tiebreakers on it, and it would be a nine and what's the record? Nine and what?
1: Nine and, I believe, eight. I think it's like nine and eight instead of nine and seven. You
0: could, you know, but, I mean, I guess we're shooting for three to four wins regardless because four wins probably gets you – it might get you possibly a bye. But three games um, for sure is – you're locked. You're locked. And I think the winner of the AFC North probably wins ten games. The Steelers lose last night in in dramatic fashion. Um, (laughs) I'm a little bit more political on our show, so – We'll just say, you know, they made some mistakes down the road. Um, Kudos to them for coming back, but they took another L and it is what it is.
1: Yeah, it was it was a wild game like you talked about with that one last night. And, you know, most people are saying, you know, this is what the Vikings do. Right. They come out and play these games and then they start to collapse at the end. And luckily for us. Uh, they end up holding on just because Pat Fryer moved, and like you said, you got the Zim Claypool. Claypool has a brain fart there at the end, trying to celebrate, and uh, ends up wasting time. And then Pat Fryer move gets his, his, you know, his uh, his uh, head clock there. I, I guess, like you said, we're trying to keep it political. Um, it ends up dropping it there, so um, that pretty much put the the nail in the coffin for the Steelers. And honestly, I said on uh, another show that. I thought that the Steelers were going to win six games this year. And looking at the remainder of their schedule, it is quite possible that they could end up only winning six games this season, which is good for us, right? Uh, But like you said, as far as the division, you have the Ravens with them losing Marlon Humphrey, that's major. Like, they couldn't stop Chase with Marlon Humphrey. Now they don't even have him. And even with Marlon Humphrey, because some people make a lot about the injuries and this and that, right? Like, yes, they were missing for the most part, their second best corner in Marcus Peters. Right. But they have, that was really like the only guy and they still were like ranked 28th and 30th in the league in pass defense, even with Marlon Humphrey there. Right. So uh, that's definitely going to open it up for us. And I think that you're right, that this is going to be an opportunity if we win two to three games that we can end up winning this division or are doing even more. It, It remains to be seen with like the Patriots because I don't know when they're going to lose. I don't know what the rest of their schedule looks like. So I know in order for us to steal that bye, I believe we would have to get the one spot or the two seed. Is it both of them? Could we get either one?
0: I mean, there's always a possibility to get that, too. If you come in, you know, and and our records are better, we get to 11 wins. And then the other divisional leaders or whatever end up being like, you know, only winning 10 games or so. And then, you know, of course they get a home field game, but they don't get the buy that we, that we get. And I honestly feel in my heart of hearts, you know, like with the talk about Logan Wilson coming back and different things like that. If you were able, you know, we look at 2015, one of the biggest uh, things that I always talk about is like, you know, Dalton with the injury, he was scheduled to come back the week after that you set yourself up by, you know, you put yourself in harm's way by losing some of those games. I think it was like on Christmas, they lost that that heartbreaker game that they had. I forgot who that was, but they lost that game. And then what, what it happened was when they go to the playoffs, they're in a game that they shit, they had no business even being in. So I don't want to repeat that. If there's a possibility of a buy, I do think the Bengals just looking at it. For me, I've told you this a bunch of times. I feel like this 49ers game. Arguably, the Chiefs is, you know, but they're having a hard time on offense, but their defense has really stepped up. Arguably, I think this 49ers game is the hardest game left on their schedule. That's what hurts so bad about the Chargers game. The Broncos defense, I think, is really, really stepped up a lot, too. But I just I don't think there's a situation where they ever go up. If we make a a million mistakes, I can't see a scenario where we go down 24 points. The 49ers, as we've seen last year, and anytime that we play them, they have a running attack that is very different than what we were accustomed to in the AFC North. They're going to attack the perimeters. Um, I was watching a good cut-up by our guy, Bengals Sands, which is re- – that's a really, really go-to uh, source of information if you guys are looking for it. But it was showing how DJ Reader eats up so many double teams that in years past it put a lot more pressure on the linebackers to make plays. We then go back and look at this past week where Joe. I hope I'm not saying his his name incorrectly, but I call him Joe Bechi. I, I, don't, I don't know if it's I don't know if it's Bechi. It looks like it will be pronounced Bechi. Maybe we'll have him on the show and we'll ask him. But uh, Joe Bechi um, actually does a really really good uh, job of just not hesitating, going to it, making tackles, graded out pretty well in PFF. And I think and he was making a, a conversation piece of. The biggest drop-off from Logan Wilson to Bechi is not tackling. It's probably interceptions, like a tip ball, ball go up, opportunity, opportunist uh, type of situation. Logan Wilson is all over that, right. you know, as he's proven throughout the season. And I think you might lose some of that. But from a tackling standpoint, he actually looked really good in the Chargers game. But the 49ers, I'm going to tell you, if they just run to the left-hand side of a football field, The entire game on some Belichick, you know, if y'all saw the Belichick-Bills game the other day, if they just run to the left side of the football, Kittle and Trent Williams absolutely destroy people. We have not seen, I don't care who you think that we've seen all year, Trent Williams is by far the best tackle in the National Football League when it comes to run blocking. And pass protection, and Jordan and George Kittle is by far the best blocking tight end in the National Football League as well. When you put those two out there, you know it's it poses a lot of problems for the Bengals. And one of the main things that I want them to do in this one game is move Trey Hendrickson to the other side, because on the on in this one game, this guy Compton, uh, Carlos Dunlap got his first sack of the year this past week. Is complete trash. And yeah, he's garbage. And Lou Anarumu doesn't do this where he moves guys around, like or he hasn't moved Trey Hendrickson this year. I just don't think Trey Hendrickson and run defense or winning, you know, his reps against Trey, um, uh, Trey, I'm sorry, Trent. I don't think that you know. He although he got a good a couple two good reps on Slater that end up in a you know a sack and the other mm-hmm. ones a uh, uh, combined sack. I, I I counted for. um, mm-hmm. But not too many people get those opportunities on Trent Williams. I think you're maximizing what he can do, but just flipping them to the other side. If not, a lot of stuff that we've seen from Bengals past from the 49ers can come to fruition again this Sunday because the running attack is no joke. In in no disrespect
1: to the Browns, it's just different. Nah, you're right. I mean, that's what the 49ers do. They run that Kyle Shanahan offense. Uh, On the ground. Like, that's what sets up everything. Even when it comes to Debo Samuel, he's another guy that's going to take some of those carries out of the backfield. And I think, like you said, they're going to have to figure out a way because I think that Trey Hendrickson, this is going to be the best lineman that he faces the entire season, right? Like, this is the number one guy, numero uno, Trent Williams, Zim. You talked about us trying to bring him in. And this is the reason why, because he is still playing at an elite level. And I think, like you said, that is definitely one of the keys is trying to. Uh, move guys around so we'll have to see if the Bengals do do that another key in this game though is that they also have the 49ers on that defense they have some some issues in the secondary right so maybe this is another game where Jamar Chase can get on track and have one of those explosive games like he did at the beginning of the season which we all feel like he is due for and I think that he can be the game changer in this game as far as that for the Bengals on offense but one thing that we all want to talk about or people are talking about right now is the pinky situation with Joe Burrow. Zen, what are your thoughts on like the pinky situation when it when it comes to Joe and that throwing hand?
0: I thought you thought everybody was talking about Midwest Best mm-hmm. Barbecue. I really thought that. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was a segue. It was lunchtime. Everybody's talking about it. Make sure you check out Midwest Best Barbecue for your holiday needs. They have a tailgate package. They have holiday stuff. If you want to take the pressure off your family and don't do all this cooking and stress of it, please contact them uh, Midwest Best Barbecue. I'm going to post the the address on there too, but it's in Loveland. If you're near the Cincinnati area, check that out. Pinky watch. We need to make sure. Joe Joe has practiced two days straight. Joe said it was never a problem. He actually came out and said he had no further swelling. Um, So the MRI came back negative. Nothing was broken, at least to our knowledge, or they haven't disclosed that. Knowing Joe, I mean... Maybe it's broken, but I cannot believe I, I know Joe is the savage. Have, happy birthday to Joe Burrow. If you're watching this, I know Joe Burrow, maybe somebody in your family is watching this, but tell him that we say happy birthday and we appreciate him. But I know that Joe is the savior of everything. And I've and I made a controversial tweet, I think, this past week where I said Joey racist color. And, I, and a lot of people DM me and said, you know, you're putting too much pressure on him and stuff like that. And I understand that, but I just think Joe winning football saws a lot for a lot of people. And um, his pinky (laughs) is different because even I I mean, I could go. I have a college football over there. You need to grip a football with your pinky like there's, there's no way around that. And. If it has any type of hairline fracture or anything in it that we that we don't know of that maybe we'll find out after the season, that's the difference between Joe Burrow and and Faker Mayfield to me. It's like we're not going to know like if it is messed up, right? And, and so far the last two days he's practiced and he's throwing it. He said he feels good. And knowing knowing what we know about Joe, if it was messed up, he wouldn't even say it.
1: Yeah, I was just doing a, a preview yesterday with a 49ers guy, and they asked me, and I was like, you probably have to chop Joe Burrow's arm off to get that man to not to not want to to play in this game because he lives and breathes football. Uh, but we got a super chat here from a man, Rowdy. Every, every lap appreciates you, bro. For $10, he says, is T going to be 100%? I think all the indications, we kind of talked about this at the beginning of the show. It seems like from a practice indication that T should be suiting up Uh, This uh, weekend in that game. Uh, But let's talk about some of the other guys. So I was looking at some of the stats here and just looking at who are some of the guys that may be a focal point if Devo Samuel is out. Right. And it really kind of starts with Brandon. Ayuk. He's the other receiver that they have over there. And one of our old friends who actually plays in the slot, Mohamed Sanu, Mm -hmm. he also is over there as well. Obviously, George Kittle is also going to get a healthy amount of targets from what we saw from him last week. Uh, Zim, from your standpoint, like if those key guys are out, who are you kind of focused on? Is it those guys? Is it Jimmy Garoppolo? Like, what are your thoughts just as far as defending those other guys? It
0: damn sure ain't gonna be Jimmy G. I just think that <laughs> if, if I'm Cal Shanahan, I think that the the, the it, it really doesn't matter who is back there at running back. You know, it, it to a certain extent, Elijah Mitchell, his cutting ability and his way to get maybe turn three yards into six. You know, you might get a little bit of that. But I'm telling you, if I'm Kyle Shanahan, no Debo Samuel, okay, we're going to just run the football. We're going to slow this game down because I know I can't put up points at that level. And I think someone in the comments said, man, Joe can't throw, turn over the ball. The whole team can't turn over the ball. If, if you go look at the losses that we have this year, most, I think in four of those games, I think somebody was showing me that it's three or more three or more turnovers in all those games, like Bears game. uh, I think the Packers game, uh, the Browns game for sure. Right. Uh, And then, you know, the Chargers with the three turnovers this past week. So, for me, I just think the game for us is going to be close enough if we don't turn the ball over. If I'm the San Francisco 49ers, I say, let me slow it down, successfully run for four-point-something yards a clip where I could just move the chains, look for Sanu on third down, look for Kittle on third down. But my bread and butter is I'm going to run to the left-hand side of this defense, and I'm going to force the defense's hand. I'm going to make them move over and come over there. So now I go misdirection, weak side to the right. But I need to force the defense's hand and make them show that they're going to try to stop, put eight in the box, and then Kyle Shanahan can absolutely go to work. But if if DJ Reader – B.J. Hill and company up front can take on the blocks like they've been all year and just do that up front, then I think it frees it up where Logan Wilson isn't a big loss like I think a lot of people think because mm-hmm. from a tackling standpoint, you're not really losing too much. And I just think that that's the key to the game. If the Bengals can jump out on them early, as we've seen throughout the year, it, it'll be a complete blowout, and, and this will be nothing because Jimmy G doesn't have the keys to come back. He doesn't have the resources in his arsenal to come back. I like the, my matchup with Awuzie and uh, Brandon Ayuk. I like that matchup. Trey Wayne's coming back. Say this, his snaps are limited. Uh, Brandon um, uh, Hargraves had some really good snaps. He was in there on the turnover last week. Jermaine Pratt has stepped up really, really nice last really week major.
1: too. Right. He
0: was super major. So I just don't think that injury should be something that we talk about. You know, that's not something I talk about. I think that. If the Bengals just take care of the football, I don't think there's a scenario where I can see the game getting out of hand. I can see on the flip side of it, we could make, we could definitely get this thing out of hand because Jimmy G is not built to come back on our defense. And if I can go, you know, like just connect on one of those Jamar Chase touchdowns that he dropped last night. And I want, I want Bengals fans to know this too. Justin Jefferson last night, I did a cut up uh, this week, past week, showing Devontae Adams with a drop. Uh, Tyreek Hill with a drop and Deontay Johnson this past Sunday night, last night with a drop. And I was just saying that elite wide receivers do drop the football a lot, but it's because of a target share type thing. If you're throwing to a guy 10, 11 times, he might get a drop or two. If you're throwing to a guy five times a game, he probably won't have a drop. It's It's the same thing with Joe Burrow. He drops back 40 times. Maybe I get eight pressures. He drops back 20 times. Maybe you only get two pressures. So a lot of things and people looking at numbers, they got to really check out these football games. But my point is Justin Jefferson had a big drop last night that went off his, his hands. Still is interceptable. The and then it sets them up. They get seven points off it, much like Jamar Chase last week. So don't think that just because – Jamar Chase dropped the football, or T. Higgins drops the football, or any of these guys would like they're doing something astronomically different than any of these other teams. Same thing with Logan Wilson on special teams. I looked it up too. Uh, Bobby Wagner plays special teams, so a lot of people took the uh, talked about the Bengals shouldn't have had Logan Wilson on special teams. It's not ideal, but a lot of teams are forced to do that. Where you you think about the Jordan uh, Evans injury, you think about the King Davis Gator uh, injury. You know, there's some guys like Wilcox and stuff like that that I wish would get out there on special teams. I, I think they he wasn't on that play, but a lot of top linebackers in the NFL play special teams. It's not ideal, but it happens.
1: Yeah, no, nah, I'm with you uh, when it comes to the outlet for this game. I think the key is definitely the Migos. We talk about it seems like week to week. But I think in this game, especially this is something where they can take an advantage of. A 49ers secondary that's really reading. You talk about Josh Norman on the other side. He has not been the same Josh Norman in like five seasons. And so it's going to be interesting to see what they can do with Chase, what they can do with Higgins uh, and what they can do with Tyler Boyd. One thing that I noticed is I looked at and me and you talked about this all the time. but I talked about like the predictability of where guys line up and Chase kind of talked about it last week. wanting to essentially be moved around a little bit more. And when you look at the numbers right now out wide, Chase is going to be out there 42% of the time. So most of the time he's out there, he's only been in the slot about 10% uh, of this season. And the other thing is we already know Tyler Boyd is just, it's locked into the slot, right? 49% of his snaps are there. The weird thing though, is like only on the outside, he's only out there 4% of the time. So most of the time people know where Tyler Boyd is going to be at, where Jamar Chase is going to be at and where T Higgins is going to be at. Cause Higgins is only in the slot 11% of the time, which is weird because you would think Higgins would be less in the slot than Chase would. Right. And so that's something that I think that they got to get figured out there. And, you know, maybe it's a scheme thing because they do bring Stanley Morgan in to block out wide and things of that nature and right. Mike Thomas. But hopefully they can get some things going where even if they don't throw the Tyler Boyd when he's on the outside, they at least give them that look to kind of move Uno around. If there is a double team situation, which I don't think is going to be an issue in this game. Just because from a talent standpoint, they don't really have two guys that I feel like can completely shut him down. Obviously, teams are going to start to do that, but maybe that's something that they could do in this game. And I think what you said is key, and I've talked about it before, not turning the ball over. The Bengals have just at least had a turnover, it seems like, in every game some type of way, whether it's a fumble, whether it's an interception. Right. Obviously, if they can win the turnover differential battle, that will bode well for them if they can continue on defense to force the turnovers like they did because this wasn't a team, you know, at for the majority of the season where we've been forcing turnovers, right? We, I remember Zach Taylor kind of speaking about, hey, we need to get some turnovers. So right. hopefully we can keep them going on the defensive side and limit them offensively um, and see what we can do here and, and move forward and be productive. And I think that they can do that against this team. I think, like you said, Jimmy G isn't a quarterback that's built to come from behind. He's more of a game manager. So if right. they can get up on them ahead of time, limit the turnovers, I think that they come out of this game with a W.
0: Right. Let me just take this time, too, to make sure everybody, make sure y'all comment, uh, whether it's Sissy Jungle, Facebook, whether it's Ace New Stripe City, or it's my YouTube uh, Zim who or whatever, make sure y'all comment, like, subscribe to all three of those channels. Like, that really, really goes a long way. But uh, let me ask you this, too. Uh, knowing what you know about this Bengals team, what do you feel like? Like, when I walk out of some of these games, especially, like, the Chargers game, mm-hmm. I, I think I just chalk it up to a lot of mistakes mm-hmm. and early mistakes, which right. is really, really tough to come up- Is it more than that? Do you think there's anything else that, um, you know, that maybe is the, the main catalyst to why Bengals are losing like some of these games, like whether we feel like they're close or they're completely getting blown out, like in the Browns game.
1: I think it's just because they're a young team that's, you know, on the way up. I think when you even look at similar teams and I was going to tweet this the other day, but like, when you look at the Cardinals, right. When Colin Murray had his second year, they had the first year, the second year, they probably had some growing pains too. I mean, that's just a part of it. It's just kind of weird that people kind of move, the goalposts when it comes to the Bengals, right? Before the season, all of these national pundits and everything, oh, they're going to win four or five games. We've won seven. And now it's like, oh, how are the Bengals losing these other games? And it's like, number one, we're one of the youngest teams in the NFL. We're getting used to winning. Like, we we had to learn. We're actually learning how to win this season. Like, this is Joe Burrow and his, what, 20th start? Like, these guys are still young. So there's going to be growing pains, and you can't treat this team like we're in year three or year four of of the Burrow era and measuring them by that stick. Right. Like this still is new players that are coming to a team. This is still them learning schemes and stuff like that. And they've done a great job at it. But I think it's just growing pains. And I think it's honestly it's just the turnovers. Like if you limit the turnovers in most of those games, when you talk about the games that we lost, like the Bears game, Uh, You talk about the the Browns game. You talk about a lot of these games. The big difference was the turnovers. And so sometimes turnovers are just going to happen. You can't really control those. They're just weird. Like, you can't say that you were going to predict that Jamar Chase is going to juggle a ball and then uh, somebody's going to come down with an interception on that, right? right? You're not going to predict that Joe Mixon is going to fumble. And not only is he going to fumble – they're going to return it for six. So, like, some of those things aren't really predictable. There's certain things that they can try to do and limit. But Mm -hmm. I really just think that it's just honestly growing pains and just not winning the turnover differential in certain games. I think that this is still a great team, and I don't think that there's anything wrong with it.
0: Right. Yeah, I mean, I agree, too. I just think I don't want to walk away from this season and think about like I remember I used to do this in the like in the the mid Dalton years. It's mm-hmm. like I remember walking out of the bars and stuff. And somebody would be like, How did y'all lose? I'd be like, man, we were so close. And, and I and I'm seeing and, and at first it, I wasn't paying attention to the turnovers, I guess, of Joe Burrow, but they mm-hmm. are at some very, very key spots. If you go look at like that Jets game, you know, right. like I know that the guy made a play, you know, like uh It's a lot of different things that we, when we go back and reflect on this season, whether it's good or bad, I think they got a lot to build off of because it is such a young team. And one of the things that I think that we're going to see with Kyle Shanahan coming up this week, and I think it's part of the question you asked me, is that they don't have the luxury that we have of a guy that can just improvise, do his thing, cook up a defense, and we take that as – I think we take that a little bit – for granted, because Joe Burrow just came in and hit the ground running. But the one thing that I've always been really critical on Zachary for is his inability to scheme guys open. So if you see like a Debo Samuel playing, yeah, Jamar Chase has had some handoffs and some different things that they've done in the last couple of weeks. Or, yeah, they've had some bubble screens or something like to go to him because they're making a conservative effort to say we're going to get Jamar Chase involved in this game. But at the mm-hmm. same time, the way that Kyle Shanahan will run those plays or the way that he schemes guys open is totally different where you're going to be looking at this game on Sunday in a couple of instances and say, why is nobody out there? Because right. he, he forces defenses to make quick decisions. Like, mm-hmm. not pre, pre-snap, he's going to show you one thing, but when you go and when he starts going into motion and stuff like that, he he takes a little bit of those that information and he, and he runs a play – and that same play is going to look a little bit different if the Bengals call it versus when he calls it because he always puts stress on the defense on oh is this linebacker am I following with this guy is the <laughs> corner is that your guy and I would like to see like the Bengals like just straight up go man on some of those uh, on some of those situations where Wuzier and Brandon Ayuk or something like that but even still the way that they're going to use Kittle to use, like, you know, like what we call in pick plays and different things like that, it, it's super masterful. But I think Kyle Shanahan's biggest flaw is he's not a, a communicator and he's not maybe the locker room cohesive guy that maybe Zachary is starting to build his stuff, to, his stuff up to be. So there's a give and take on both ends. And as we get into this, you know, and, and, and I think that's part of why we see turnovers and stuff in big key spots or whatever, like – Joe is always going to be the captain of the ship. Sometimes you need a captain at the at the head coaching position to say, like, no, this is the very best play to call for these two types of coverages, and I know you're going to have two guys open. A lot of the sacks I looked at from this past week, Joe did have two guys open, and he's taking sacks that he shouldn't be taking. And right. I don't know if there's too much pressure on him early or whatever. So sometimes I feel like they need to reel him back a little bit and set him up for success. And other times I just flat out think it's Joe's fault. But at the end of the day, we would never be here seven wins without Joe Burrow. So I can't take that for granted. Happy
1: happy birthday again, Joe Burrow. Yeah, happy birthday to my fellow Sagittarius, Joey B, Joe Burrow. One thing that I wanted to to hit on, too, before people try to say, like, oh, you're a homer uh, because of, you know, you guys are making excuses for, for losses and stuff like that. Look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Do you remember when they lost to the Washington football team? You notice how nobody talks about that? They just won a Super Bowl, right? Loaded team, full of veterans. Remember when they also lost to the sure. Saints with Trevor? Sure, look, at, look at the Rams. You remember up, that? Up, up I'm, not, the- I'm I'm not I'm not heading on them. I'm like the Bucks are probably the top team in the NFL. Like until they get beaten right. in the playoffs, like that's that's the, the threshold, right? Then you look at the Ravens. Does anybody talk about how they lost to the Dolphins? Does anybody talk about how they struggled with the Lions? Like you don't hear them saying, like, oh, you know, the Ravens are such a weird team because they end up pulling out these games at the right. end. And then you see things like the Cowboys, they're 8-4, right? Everybody expected them to curb stop the Las Vegas Raiders, right? That didn't happen. So, like, for me, it's like if you're going to keep that energy with us, you have to keep it with the other teams. The Buffalo Bills, they were supposed to be one of the elite teams competing for a Super Bowl right, right now. They had the same record as us, right? But then they ended up losing week one to the Pittsburgh Steelers, who have won how many games now? But, like, everybody will continue to talk about, oh, what happened with the Bears or or what happened with the Jets? Like the Jets didn't beat another team before we played them. So for me, it's just like, yeah, teams, it's a week-to-week league. Teams are going to get upset and stuff like that. But look at those teams and how they have veteran coaching staffs and veterans that have been there for a while. And look at our team that's still young and still learning. Like it's a different kind of spectrum. And I feel like if you're going to use that excuse for – not only the Bengals. I get that. It's frustrating because a lot of people want us to be at this point. But you got to use that across the board.
0: Right. I mean, I, I'm I'm the same way with like injuries and stuff. I think we see something like Logan Wilson go down. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and everybody's like, you know, like we haven't had maybe as many injuries. But people forget about some of the key injuries. Like what would our team look like with Osai? Right. You know what I mean? like, but
1: facade? Trey Wayne's Right, I mean, Trey. Like, we,
0: we didn't play our whole season with our starting corner, but you know when – like, don't, don't you feel like they move to the goalposts when they talk about the Ravens or they talk about the Titans, right? If they right. lose, the first thing that somebody says is, oh, well, they got a bunch of injuries.
1: And to the, be honest as, with you, like – to say Titans, that a-
0: Akeem Davis Gaither or Jordan mm-hmm. Evans or key contributors on our team, like our, our seven-round right. pick, Wyatt – he never even saw a field. So, you know, and
1: special teams, Pro Bowler and man, Brandon Wilson like, man. there's, there's injuries that we could talk right. about. But we, like you the said, Chargers
0: game, the Chargers game, I mean, we're missing, you know, those right. two guys. And I don't, and credit to Bengals fans, I don't think anybody said we lost that game because of injuries or whatever. I think right. we lost it because we shot ourselves in the foot and made key mistakes at key points. But I just think that my point is that sometimes some of these other teams they lose, and the first thing that they go to is injuries. Oh well, I mean, to, to well they me, would also like the, they didn't have injuries.
1: Nah, that's facts. I I think that you're right about that. And I was I was talking about that this week as far as like teams with the most injuries. Right, you got the Giants at 21. You got the the Titans at 19. And this is current players, right? Um, you got the Ravens at 18. So yeah, that makes sense. But then when you look at total players, when you have total players, the Titans have 37. I honestly rarely hear them talk about you know, the Titans injuries at all. Like I've actually seen people that are Titans fans that are like, I don't want to hear about injuries when, you know, we got the most in the league. And then like, you talk about the Ravens, right? Everybody makes this big deal about the Ravens injuries and the 34 guys. Do you know that the Dallas Cowboys have 33 injuries? Do you hear them even talking about them? Are we, are we saying that the Cowboys aren't going to be good because of that? Like to me, as long as you have Lamar Jackson, you will always have a chance. Just like with the Bengals, you, when you have Joe Burrow, you're always going to have a chance. When you're a team like the New York Jets, right, and you're still trying to figure out your quarterback situation, and you don't have that quarterback, and you lose that quarterback, your season's pretty much over. You're pretty much picking in the top five. So yes, Lamar Jackson is always going to give you a chance to win. And if you have an elite quarterback, they're always going to do that, regardless of the injuries or what. That's why we drafted Joe Burrow, right? Because we knew what Andy Dalton us having all of these injuries we weren't going to have a chance you still have a chance with lamar jackson you might not have a chance to win a super bowl still got a chance to go to the playoffs still got a chance to do whatever that right whatever it is you're not going to be a top five pick so right. you know for me and for us it's not that we're hating on them or anything like that but we've been through injuries and they didn't give us the benefit of the doubt for that they didn't say like oh last year you guys were without A.J. Green, Geno Atkins, all of these key, like literally, D.J. Reader got DJ injured Reader. too. You right. had bums off of the street, like starting for you in your secondary at points. There were games where right. you couldn't, you didn't even have enough corners for a game against the Steelers, and they just went five wide against you the whole game. So,
0: you you, never you, made you know, I
1: looked at it from that standpoint for us. So always why look would you do the same?
0: I always look at that with like it's almost like a blessing in disguise because say. That those guys would have played year one, Joe Burrow. Maybe you went six, seven games. What are you right. like the Steelers? And then you draft the middle of the pack. You don't right. get Jamar Chase. So part, part of that, see, part of that, and I think if you if you're a betting man is like if you know the personnel of the Bengals and you knew what it was coming into the season, you probably had some really good bets because we saw the the over other was like six, six and a half throughout. And yeah. you're looking at it and just saying, like, that's kind of low for, like, the guys that we have on this team. But, you know, I don't know. It, 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 everybody came back. And I think so – I went on a show one day and somebody asked me that. And they said, man, what was – the, um, what do you think is the biggest difference between the Bengals this year and, in, and last year? And I just was like – everybody just can't they, they can play now like they're healthy right. you know what i mean like the, i just thought that that was the biggest key
1: is like health so health um, is definitely key in, in any form or facet but you know with us being here in week 13 week 14 everybody's hurt so like i don't want to hear about injuries now because by this time you got key injuries to 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 multiple players at this point right like who's going to be healthy in december like we're gonna we're getting ready to to have a Super Bowl in February. Like, most teams are not going to have this full slate of guys that don't have injuries. You don't hear people talking about, you know, before he was suspended, A.B., you know, the Bucks went out and won right. uh, without him playing for five games. So, I mean, you just got to find a way to win and not make excuses about it.
0: Moving forward, what do you think coming up this Sunday to, um, you know, this Bengals and, and 49ers game? Is this a must-win uh, game for us? And then also, who do you think comes out on top?
1: Yeah, definitely for me, I think that it's a, a must-win in this game, um, just given that you don't want to, you know, for the psyche of the team, drop two in a row, right, because that's going to make you start to second-guess yourself. Uh, but I think that I got us in this game. I think that it is a must-win, um, and I think that we do go out and handle business.
0: I think we handle business, too, because I think we're learning a lot more about this team. I'm encouraged by, like, some of the stuff that Joe Burrow said, too, and I, and I really think – you know, like I was telling you the other day, like off air, like this team and this organization has really taught me patience because I'm always hit the gas, hit the gas. Let's go. Let's go. But, you know, I understand that, you know, year one, of you know, of this Joe, Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase thing, it's going to take some time. And I'm so glad that they went with the plan that they went with, because now the writing's on the wall for, like, this upcoming year. Like, and I hate to look forward to, you know, next year. But I think we know, like, what are our limitations? What are the weaknesses? And I think the team is learning a lot about themselves every week. And the number one thing is don't turn the ball over, and they're always going to be in the game. Even when they turn the ball over, they're still going to be in the game. So that lets me know, like, if you just hold on to the football, like, they have enough talent. Like, because when Joe – gets into his zone, like, like in that Chargers game, and like he did when we were at that Jaguars game. You he's know, nice.
1: he, he's I mean, he's, he's
0: unstoppable. He's the highest-graded quarterback in the AFC with PFF right now because of the key moments and these key decisions in between, like these these throws that he's making. But people that said that he had a weak arm, I just don't know where that came from because he throws the ball with a higher velocity than probably 65-70% of the quarterbacks that are starting in the National Football League. And last week, he threw darts, and it's such a shame. hate to put the blame on one guy, but say Mixon doesn't fumble that football. I just want to see what is the outcome of that game. Do we get the real Herbert versus Burrow duel that we were looking for? Because then we go up, whether it's a field goal or touchdown. I want to put the pressure on Herbert and say match me the same way uh, I was telling about the guy that challenged me the other day with the Patriots. I'm like, I want to put pressure on Matt. On, on can he do what I'm saying? Like, can he come back from 24 down like Joe Burrow did and, and come storming back into a football game without relying on, like, you know, a bunch of turnovers and stuff? Like, you know, there's there's a lot of keys to, like, you know, winning football games. And at the end of the day, I think Joe has shown us he can win a football game. He can also do some things that don't help you out at all either. And I think as he learns and matures and maturates himself, I think we'll, we'll grow. I mean, I think he'll grow to understand everything about the National Football League. I think in the Aaron Rodgers game, I think I remember that press conference. After the game, he said, I told Joe Burrow, you got such a bright career and you got so much in front of you. You cannot just live this renegade style of football, you know, like, in my Like this past week, that's not six sacks. There's really three sacks, but he's living this renegade type of football where he's improvising, improvising, trying to look for this extra man. We even see it on the interception in the back of the end zone. If he could just take what he's doing throughout the middle of the game to get them back and channel that in, take the safe throws uh throughout, and then he's got to throw some bullets and he's got to do some special stuff along the way, I think this team is super unstoppable for the years to come I think you're looking at the early version of what the Chiefs are and the the, the bonuses the defense is already on pace because of the what they've done from free agency and then you got young guys like Asai and then you got guys like Hubbard that are you know now under contract you know like the, the future for this is really really bright and I think this is a big game for the organization I think it's a big game for the core of this Bengals team
1: no, nah, that's facts. It's not going to be an easy one. I think, like you said, this will be a big challenge for them this Sunday, but as you guys have been tuning in, we appreciate that. Please be sure to follow us on Twitter. You can follow Zim at ZimHuday on Twitter and at Zim underscore Hooday on Instagram.
0: NewstripeCity.com. Go get your amigo shirt. He said it going off this weekend. Yes,
1: NewstripeCity.com.
0: Go get you a shirt.
1: And ZimHuday.com as well. Make sure you get you a whole lot of orange t-shirt there as well. You can follow me on Twitter at New Stripe City and on YouTube at New Stripe City. And also subscribe to Zim's YouTube channel, um, Huday on YouTube. And also jump in his Super Chats. Get him some Super Chats over there. I know that you guys are wanting to get some questions and stuff answered. That is the best way to do it because we can see your uh, Super Chat as soon as you post it. So definitely be sure to check that out with Zim. Zim, you have one more thing you want to say?
0: One last thing, I post announcement for this earlier today. I'm trying to do something, and I told you about this too, for the community of uh, residents of Cincinnati. I'm going to do a contest coming up too. Somebody blessed me with two sweet tickets for the Bengals and Chiefs for January 2nd. We're going to do a contest shortly where I'm going to be asking people in your community people that are close to your family if they've done any acts of kindness different things like that submit it to me you don't have to follow nobody and no raffle none of that stuff the person that has the best story or the has done the most that deserves to go to this football game in a suite uh for the Chiefs to start off 2022 I want to reward them and give them an opportunity that maybe they maybe didn't have and um I just think that we got to get We are really blessed this year to really be here and keep on rocking and have a successful football year. So I think it's really important that we give back, too. So be on the lookout for that contest. And I'm going to leave you with a yes. Terski. Hello, world. What separated your deep ball from everybody else? My deep ball, it has a little secret sauce to it, man. (laughs) Never get too high, never get too low, but just keep moving. The whole story is Carlos Mel.